Just gonna run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts. When you think of a Texan, you probably picture a cowboy, maybe even a kid riding to school on a horse. And while that's sometimes the case, it doesn't quite fit for everyone. Texans come in all shapes, sizes, ethnicities, and backgrounds. And that's why the Austin American Statesman is proud to present Truly Texan, a podcast showcasing all the different people that make the Lone Star State so unique. Today we're talking with Alicia Velasquez, owner and creator of Teddy V Patisserie in Austin. So without further ado, let's get into the interview. Now, this is not our first time meeting. I actually wrote my very first feature at the Statesman on you and your business, Teddy V, which we'll get into later. Um, but today we're going to be talking a little more in depth about some stuff that we didn't get to talk about for that article. Yeah. So for our listeners who don't know, can you introduce yourself, um, who you are, what you do, and where you're from? Yeah. My name is Alicia Velasquez. I am the founder and owner of Teddy V Patisserie, where we make colossal chocolate chip cookies. Um, I am from Houston, and I've been in Austin since '04. For I came here for undergrad. I've always had an affinity for baking, not for cooking, but for as long as I, I just don't have like the knack, the natural skill for cooking. And that's kind of how Teddy V came to be, uh, because I was trying to learn how to cook, but I kept being drawn to like these decadent desserts. But in Houston, my time, my mom likes to tell people that I get the business part from my dad of Teddy B and then the baking from her. And that's true. That's how a lot of my time was spent growing up. Um, my dad co-owned a radio station with his brother. And so I was always running around going to work with him. And when I was at home with my mom, she was always cooking or baking um, so I've always been super familiar, but she wasn't really, she wasn't teaching me how to do those things. She's the kind of person that she just, the kitchen is her domain and I'm just going to get in her way or slow her down. <laughs> so it was a lot of observation. Um, but as I said, I just always had, even when I was young and I, I remember snickerdoodles were the first cookie that I made by myself. Uh, and they were so good. Um, so that's kind of what my time there looked like and my introduction to baking. I was probably maybe about eight or so, but I haven't been like an obsessive baker my whole life. It's just been kind of like a continuous thread for me. I guess it's really when I was probably in my 30s where I then started really making the desserts for other people, especially for my coworkers. Um, I was just having so much fun with baking these things, but I couldn't have them at home all by myself. So I would I would take them to work and share them. That timeline between like 
starting baking and then starting this business, that, that in-between time, what was that for you? Yeah, good question. So in college, I was a political science major. When I went in my freshman year, I thought I knew that I wanted to be an attorney and that that was I was like one of those freshmen who knew already. But then by the time I graduated and was a senior, I knew I didn't want to be an attorney. I wasn't going to law school. I didn't even really care about it's not that I didn't care about pol- political science, um, but I knew that that wasn't going to be my field. After undergrad, my jobs were kind of like social services and then healthcare. Um, and I wasn't happy at those jobs and not in a like I'm unhappy way, but they weren't good fits for me. You know, they were jobs that I took because I thought like, yeah, I need a job as soon as I graduate um, or I need a job to move back to Austin because I did move to Houston for like three years after I graduated from undergrad. When I turned 28, I really saw, like, I was just totally at a job that I really, like, did not enjoy. And so I came up with my 28-year-old intentional and deliberate career plan is what I called it. Here I was a poli-sci major and then had an interest in sociology and therapy and marriage and family dynamics. I felt like I knew nothing about business at all, but I was kind of feeling a tug towards that. So I started, oh, I read Lean In by Sheryl Sandberg. Um, So I read Lean In. I read this book called The Confidence Code, um, really just talking about women and business and work. Um, I read Barbara Corcoran's book from Shark Tank. So I kind of got my feet wet with learning all this these things, even though I didn't have any idea what I would apply them to yet. But I, I'm glad that I let myself just learn and do those things. And I I, I went to classes and workshops and things like that. Um, And those things cost money and time off of work. And but I'm happy that I really did just let myself do that without being like, Alicia, what are you going to apply this to? You don't even have a business. So that way, when the cookies came to me and selling, I was really able to hit the ground kind of running because I had an idea of like things that had been brewing that I had learned. I think, though, now, present day, kind of looking and talking about that sociology class and marriage and family and just thinking about connections, and that's really what the cookies are about. So I love talking about and celebrating those connections. What was that like for you to kind of start again in your late 20s? I mean, that's still obviously an early age. People do career changes in their 60s. But what was that like for you, especially if maybe you had that mindset of, I have to have a job right out of college, like I have to be set and then to suddenly make like this big change? Yeah. Uh, Well, I didn't even feel like it was a change. I felt like I was just getting started. (laughs) Like I had been flailing for so long outside of undergrad and just trying to find my place. So it didn't feel like starting over. It felt like I was finally getting it together to, you know, just stand up and take action for figuring out what it is that I wanted. 
I feel like even now I'm kind of at a place that I'm refiguring things out. So I guess that was about 11 years ago, just because Teddy V has come a long way in the last five years, but we still have so far to go. And I feel like I'm kind of at this precipice and jumping like between blocks. Um, And so I'm kind of figuring those things out again right now. I wonder what I'll have to say next year. And so now can you tell us about Teddy V fully, like how did you start and when did you decide that you wanted to have cookies as your business? Yeah. So we started at the farmer's market on October 1st in 2017. So we'll be coming up to six years. But the farmer's market is something that had always kind of like been on my heart But at first I thought it was going to be cupcakes because I had these carrot cake cupcakes that I really liked to make and these chocolate espresso cupcakes that are so good. But with the farmer's market, and I was starting out as a cottage baker, um, there's dairy like cream cheese and the carrot cake frosting. And then I used heavy whipping cream and the chocolate espresso. So I felt like um the that probably like ideally we like to refrigerate it so that it wouldn't be good for the market and then i had developed these cookies so i that kind of i put a pen in that for like maybe a year and i just kind of thought well i didn't think too much of it but then i thought oh these cookies these chocolate chip cookies they don't need to be refrigerated they're shelf stable and so i thought well let me apply with these cookies and it was right after my 31st birthday that i applied and we got in so i was so happy and excited about that that first weekend it took me so long to bake all of those cookies to bake a hundred cookies took me probably like in my home kitchen took me probably I mean, almost 24 hours from like I started on Friday and finished on Saturday. And by the end, I um, for the next week, I told my mom, Mom, you need to come and help me. I need so much help. Um, But at the farmer's market, pretty quickly, I saw like I don't want to just be standing around here at the farmer's market waiting for whatever traffic is here to pass by me, I was pretty clear early on, like, I want to build traffic to come to me as though I were a real bakery. And so that's what I worked really hard to do. And in the beginning, we did what we called cookie parties. So people would come and visit us at the market, take a photo of the cookie, post it on social, and then they'd ent- we'd enter a drawing to um, deliver a cookie party to them that week, which was pretty much just maybe like two dozen cookies and I would include milk and and you know if people needed almond milk or oat milk I would do that and like cute plates and stuff and deliver that to them and that worked really well for us because then everyone was like oh we're seeing your cookies all over Instagram so I had to come and visit um and so that's kind of what those things looked like us for a long time now you've got to tell our listeners the specs on your cookies because that's definitely a 
a signature part of it and yeah. something that still like amazes me. <laughs> I love that you called it that, the specs. The specs of it, yeah. I yeah. mean, that's right. <laughs> so the specs, they are 7.2 ounces each, which to some people they may think, what does that mean? But that's bigger than a baseball. A baseball is five ounces. Um, it's almost actually almost kind of like the weight of a softball. And because it's so large, we're able to fit a lot of chocolate chips in there, 125 chocolate chips and each cookie. Um, so it's pretty much it's definitely a chocolate lover's cookie. And it's chocolate with just enough cookie dough to, to support it. <laughs> Your company is named after your dog, Teddy or Theodore. Yes. Can you talk a bit about Theodore? Yes, my little angel baby. His his name was Theodore Velasquez, so Teddy V, of course. And he was a Lhasa. He just passed away last year. We had him for almost eight years, and he was just everything to me and my husband and my parents and everyone um so definitely the namesake and so happy i always used to say um theodore's smarter than all of us because he got his name and all of the texas stores the central market texas stores and he has this business and he doesn't work or pay anyone like he's he's the genius of us for sure. And now you have Luna, who's actually here in the studio with us. And I keep looking at her because she's so cute. Oh, my I gosh. Know. I have Luna here. She's our new little girl. Mm, um, so cute. Yes. I was told that she didn't have separation anxiety, but it turns out that she does. And so I just bring her with me everywhere because it's just easier for the most part. And uh, she's just so happy to be with me that she's pretty well-behaved anywhere. So I'm holding her right now. And so you mentioned Teddy having his name in Central Market stores. Can you talk about your venture into Central Market? Yeah. So during the pandemic, um, Vital Farms did this kind of dinner where they we were going to make a whole bunch of recipes and they provided the eggs, the Vital Farms eggs, and I participated in it with other restaurants and like foodie people in town. And we're just lucky that a week later, the Vital one of the guys from Vital Farms emailed that they wanted to use our cookies to give to their buyers. And then uh, when the Central Market buyer received his cookies, I got the email that said that it said, I want to sell your cookies and I was like oh my goodness and so everybody at Central Market is so wonderful and generous from top to bottom really um I just I'm always so happy to share that and we hired a design company to work on our packaging because at that time my mom was still making our packaging I would print my labels like at FedEx and she would put them on the bags and then cut out a little piece of brown paper, like food paper, to put it in the bag. Um, so our OG Teddy V fans, you'll remember those bags. And my mom made them for many years. <laughs> Aww, that's really sweet. Yes. 
What has that been like to have your mom as a support through this? I mean, it's been so wonderful to have her support through it all. I'm really, I know that I'm so lucky, although I feel bad because now I'm also really realizing how much I've taken it for granted, just that I can call and be like, mom, I really, really need your help. And that she'll come and she's such a hard worker. She just, it's so funny that when she would come and visit me in You know, before Teddy V, when she'd come to Austin to visit, she always wanted to go shopping, um, like either at the mall or wherever. But then as I started Teddy V and when she would come and visit, we would end up like going to go work, like prepping ingredients or labeling bags. And then that turned into that's what she likes to do. And she even she works with me a little bit now. And she she worked with me for a year when we launched the cookie dough she's I'm just very lucky that both of my parents are so mobile to be like yeah we'll get in line to do whatever you need us to do I remember when we chatted about community for the feature story I wrote you said that some of your customers now help you in the business yeah exactly so Kira and Danielle they're both my right and left hand girls and honestly they're really my big motivation these days with wanting to do you know take Teddy V to the new heights and levels because I want to be able to take care of them and love on them with like a great salary and great benefits those that those are the things that are like my my personal big goals like short-term big goals that I'm working on right now and so that's exactly right they were customers who Kira she was a customer from the very beginning and then she and I just stayed in touch and kind of developed that relationship and during COVID she started delivering cookies for me and I saw what a great job she does and little by little I've been like oh how about you do this and this and now she's my kitchen operations manager and Danielle I met her at the farmer's market at Lakeline and she and I stayed in touch And she's pretty much our sales manager. Um, She's the one you'll likely see at Central Market if giving out free cookies. A lot of times on Fridays, we are at Westgate sampling cookies. Go get yourself a warm cookie, um, usually between 3 and 7 on Saturdays. And on Thursdays, we're at North Lamar from 2 to 6. Okay. Yes. Well, now I know where I'll be on on Thursdays and Fridays. Good to know. Good to know. Totally. I remember you also told a story about someone in the Teddy Bee community who made you a really beautiful or commissioned a really beautiful drawing of you and Teddy after he passed away. Can you talk about the just how the community uplifted you in that time of mourning for Teddy? Oh, my gosh. Yes. That's really where I feel so lucky and grateful, too. I even, we got just so many, like, really heartfelt, sweet condolences. We got a lot of really other heartfelt things, too, that just really kind of gave me a little bit of peace and comfort. And I printed them all. I, like, screenshotted and printed them all out into a little book that I had 
coiled at FedEx and printed. And, you know, I have a copy. Jonathan has a copy and each of my parents have a copy. We're just so lucky that we have customers and people who care that much. And even my husband, Jonathan, he's not on social media, but he said, wow, this really showed me like a powerful way of like social media for good. It was so sweet for him to hear those things third hand through me, just like reading them to him. Another thing we briefly talked about with the feature story was this idea of representation. Can you talk about what that means for you? Yeah. So that's my bigger picture, like overarching kind of North Star for me, representation. So I'm Mexican-American, and I it's just so important to me that girls who look like me see girls who look like them doing all kinds of options for the things that they can do, but particularly also things that require an education that can be formal or just like taking the initiative to learn some things. And so that's kind of my, my whenever I'm feeling stuck or scared or afraid um, of kind of like next steps, I, that's what I, I feel better looking and thinking of that just because, um, you know, they say if you see it, you can be it. And that's important to me. Did you have an example of someone who was like you to look to when you were starting this business out? Yeah, I think definitely my dad. Um, And I definitely got my hustle from my dad. But my mom, you know, she's always been happy to help and and jump in to help um, him and me when we needed it. But I definitely, like, look to him. And even when we launched our ready-to-eat cookies at Central Market um, earlier this summer, out we weren't set up with the distributor quite yet there were there was like one last thing that needed to come through um kind of like the red tape and so i ended up delivering the cookies to all of the stores myself just because i wanted to make a deadline and you know it was just kind of like a wait and see game for a long time but i ended up driving all of the cookies to like all six stores in dfw and Houston and you know and pretty much the same day and my parents were like oh that's so your dad that's so something he would have done um so he's always been my he and I are so close and you know I did go to work with him for so long when I was little that's how I would spend my time with him actually Um, It would be like, okay, Alicia is going to go to work with dad. And, you know, he was running around town doing the things that he needed to do when I would go with him. And it's actually a kind of funny shift because my parents just moved here recently, moved here from Houston recently at the end of April. I'm so happy. But now my dad, he's 83, and he's the one who's coming with me when I'm running around, like, picking up eggs or going to Ace. Um, So I really love that for us. 
He is actually from Taylor, so he was born 1940 in Taylor, Texas, so not too far from here. His dad ran, like, a gas station and did different things, and he was always working with his dad. He was just, he said that he, you know, played football and baseball, but he was just like, what's the point? He just always liked to turn a dime into a quarter or whatever that turn a nickel into a dime he just that's kind of like what lights him up like baseball or something and I really liked that stuff too as a kid that's why I like did all my lemonade stands I think you know the weird thing is that his he's the only one who has a sixth grade education his two brothers below him they graduated from St. Ed's too so I think that's kind of why he wanted me to go to St. Ed's like it was his chance his turn to to do that my dad says that he stopped going to school to work, but I think that his his dad let him. They thought at the time the value was in hard work and didn't see the education piece as much. I'm happy that my uncles did. And then as my dad got older, he really saw the education piece was a missing piece. And that's why he really pushed me so hard with my school and just wanting me to to do the best that I could and investing his time and resources into that for me. Now, recently, your dad has had some health issues that's been really impactful for you and kind of a difficult time in your life as you're doing all this Teddy B stuff. Can yeah. you talk about that? Yeah. Um, he, fortunately, you know, over all we would say he's okay he doesn't have any kind of cancer diagnosis or anything like that but he has congestive heart failure and at the end of the year he had at the end of 2022 he had a long hospitalization about 11 days and that's long especially for us we're so lucky that he hasn't been hospitalized um a lot of observation and tests run and we found out a lot of information about the status of his congestive heart failure but then the things that you we didn't know is that a long hospital stay you you think that your family or loved one is safe in the hospital but there's also the downsides to where he really lost just a lot of his stamina and strength and balance because he was hanging out in the hospital and not like active and doing all of his things. Um, he got COVID like shortly after, right before, you know, like a, a maybe a week or two after coming home and then pneumonia and it kind of just spiraled into falls because he didn't he was just really deconditioned he had been able to walk around with his cane like super independent and and it got to a point that he was a two-person assist with me and my mom and that just felt super scary in the moment in real time so between December and January I was probably in Houston for almost a whole month um and those things have been scary so we've just been learning to navigate them together as a family but 
which influenced some of their decision to move here to Austin, which I'm so happy about. Uh, I'm so grateful for that. And that's been a gift. In the last few months with his decline, it has been so hard to get him to slow down. Somehow he still tires us out. He has all of his errands that he needs to run that I'm not even honestly sure, like, because I'm just kind of like tuning it out sometimes and just like, okay, dad, I'll, I'll take you wherever you need to go. But he's so... You know, he just wants me to keep going for it, keep plugging along, but he's so proud and I think that it helps him feel like the sacrifices that he made to try to send me to, you know, school and things like that. He's feeling like, oh, it's paid off some. How do you manage to balance or at least try to balance caring for your dad while also maintaining a business it's so hard um i would say that for a long time my struggle this year has felt like i haven't i haven't found that balance just yet and that's something that i've kind of had like an aha moment with myself a couple of weeks ago where i was like alicia you're not just like running Teddy V, you're caring for an aging parent and trying to, you know, maintain your business at this point at the same time. Um, And just kind of giving myself that break because I haven't been seeing it that way for so long. I've been seeing it as like, Oh, I can't get it together. So that's kind of what a lot of this year has looked like. And I also feel like I need to be for, more fair with myself because we have made big steps, like uh, launching the ready-to-eat cookies at Central Market was so exciting, and we have some other things coming down the pipeline. But I'm still learning what that will look like. As we come to the end of our interview here, there's a question that I ask everyone who comes onto the podcast as kind of a tie into the name and that is um for you what does it mean to be texan you know honestly what's coming to mind and i'm even surprised by it too but it's just kind of like loving each other and like that friendly kind of carefree love your neighbor kind of way And I'm so surprised to be saying that myself because things don't feel like that so often. And that's including like my own perspective and how I see things. But that's honestly what I think a true Texan is. When I think of people that I see who are, you know, older than me and have been around a while and just that grace and kindness that they embody with a smile on their face and all after having worked a good long day and it's not about a good long day but a solid day you know and still with a smile I think that's what Texas feels like to me. Now where can people find you? Where can they find you on social media and also your cookies? Yeah so we're Teddy V Cookies on Instagram we're mostly active on there 
And our cookies are at Central Market, at all of the locations in Texas. We have our cookie dough and our grab-and-go individual cookies. Um, Sauten Coffee and Medi- all of the Medici Coffee locations. And at the Farmer's Market at Lakeline and Mueller. And then we are at Nordstrom Barton Creek at least once a month. So if you frequent there, um, you could see our cookies on Friday or Saturday. Amazing. Thank you so very much for your time. Really appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you for letting me bring Luna, too. Oh, anytime. Literally anytime. (laughs) She's She's a new Texan. So cute. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening. If you'd like to tell your story on Truly Texan, head over to the Austin American Statesman website and fill out our submission form. This podcast is hosted and edited by me, Hannah Ortega. You can find me on Instagram at HannahOrtegaATX. Just going to run this dog to see if we can find any type of... uh human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts.